Happy Friday, everyone, and thanks for keeping it locked on, Wildcats. A lot to get to in this show. We are going to talk a little bit of Arizona football, previewing Arizona-Utah. Going to get you a full predictions. Going get to get to a little bit of basketball as well, a Little maybe a little bit of women's basketball. But without further ado, let's get started here on Locked on Wildcats. You are Locked on Wildcats. Your daily podcast on the Arizona Wildcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks for keeping it locked on, Wildcats. I am your host, Mike Luke. All right. Now, we're going to go heavy, heavy, heavy. Arizona football and Arizona basketball here. Stop me if you've heard this before, but that's just the way it is. That's the way that it's always going to be. All right. Now, let's talk a little bit Arizona basketball first, and then we will get to a little bit of Arizona ball. Now, um, looking at the uh, game against Western Michigan, there's a lot to take away from. There's a lot that uh, Arizona fans should be excited about. And first and foremost is this team is tall. This team is big. This team's going to be able to beat up a lot of different, uh, a lot of different player or teams out there, and that's that's an exciting aspect of what uh, that's an exciting aspect of what this team can do. Now, uh, where uh, it's fascinating for me is how what is the dynamic level of this squad going to be? Are they going to be able to be a team that is going to be able to, you know? When when the chips are down, is Azulis Tabellis uh, is Azulis Tabellis going to be able to um, be uh, be that player that uh, um, is he going to be that uh, is he going to be able to be that guy that's going to be able to when the chips are down, give me the ball, get out of the way, I'm about to score. That's what we don't know, and I think that's where it's going to be fascinating to see how this team does uh, unfold. But. Um, this team is going to uh, this team's going to be able to uh, do it, be able to do a lot of different things out there. Now, up front, it all starts with the Julius Tabellis again. I expect uh, a Julius Tabellis um, to be the to be one of the better big men in the in, in the entire conference and in the entire country. You watch him, and he looked quicker going to the hoop. He looked like he. Uh, he looked like basically that he could be a uh, a guy who how do I put this? I don't know that he's going to be that number one, but he certainly could be a awesome number two or maybe at a one and a half. It's, uh, where he is fascinating, though, to me is where is he going to be able to uh, against bigger, more athletic guys? What's he going to be able to do? And I think that's what we're still trying to figure out. And I think that's what Arizona is going to try to figure out because last year you got uh, some physical issues and guess what? It became more of an issue for Arizona. Now I think with, uh, with this squad right here, it should be, he should be able to do more out there. Now you put him next to Umar Ballo, who I think is going to be a perfect fit next to him because Umar First of all, is significantly lighter on his feet. You can already tell that. And on top of that, not only is he significantly lighter on his feet, he's got a little bit of that 
he's got a little bit of that. How do I put this? Um, just kind of that raw grown man strength out there that a lot of times you don't see in other players. A lot of times you see them and they have to work out to get strong. Azulis Tabellis is already strong. I think we all, I think we already know that Azulis Tabellis is a big dude. Umar Ballo is a big guy, but Umar Ballo has, Umar Ballo plays with that. Umar Ballo has a physicality to his game that uh, not a lot of guys have. And it was just great to see him. He looks so much lighter on his feet right there. And I think you're looking at a player that's probably going to be able to, in Umar Ballo, 11 and 7, Azulis Tabellis, 18 and 8. I think between both of those guys, they should be able to get about 30 and 15. And then you throw in a Henry Vasar who is raw. There's no doubt about it. But it's not that he's just it's not that he's just raw. It's that there is a but there's a lot of potential to him. There's a lot of you know, kind of next level skill, NBA type skill to him, which I think is incredibly fascinating for a lot of different people, you know, obviously me included. Now, um, this this team is going to be able to do beat you up in the front court. There's no doubt about it. And I think that uh, um, I think this is going to be the case that, uh, you know, going forward, they'll be able to beat up some teams. Now, I think what's also exciting about this squad, though, is – you look at them and you think to yourself, all right, what is the next level, though, that they can reach? Who on the perimeter can be that guy? And there's a bunch of different guys. Um, but let's just start with Pella Larson. My bad Pella has become a hashtag around here because you know what? I didn't know what I was talking about. Pella Larson is very, very good. There's no other way around it. He, I don't know if he's an NBA guy, but... Uh, I also don't know that he's not an NBA guy, which is a total switch of position from uh, uh, last year at this point where it was like, all right, is this guy, is he an NBA guy? Is he not an NBA or a, uh, NBA guy? Now you watch him, you can see he's got bounce. He's also got a, a coolness factor for him that – You watch him and like it's kind of you're kind of at a loss for words almost when you watch him because again he's not again he's not great he's not dynamic but he's also got a he's also he's just kind of steady in all roles and you can see why Tommy Lloyd feels so comfortable with him out there and it makes sense why he's comfortable with him out there because he again he is a soothing influence out there um, then you and which is kind of a little bit of a juxtapose to Kirk Carissa. Um, Because Kirk Risa, again, I don't know that we know that he can shoot or not. Um, again, we're gonna we're gonna continue to find that out. But I also I think I watch him right now, and I'm like, eh, I don't know. Maybe this is just a guy that shoots really really well in practice. Because we always hear about what a great shooter he is, but you still got to be able to show it out there. And so far that hasn't happened. But there are some other guys that have certainly shown that. Courtney Ramey is going to fit in perfectly next to him. Courtney Ramey has the uh, has the um, the build, the look. My friend John, our good friend John Schuster, uh, um, said that uh, that basically he is a player that uh, looks like he should be on the, one of those Houston teams, um, and uh, I think that uh, I think again, I 
think when you watch him, you look at him and you say to yourself, he could be a, I don't know that he's a pro, but he fits in perfectly next to Kirk Creasa. Because what do we know about Kirk Creasa? We know that Kirk Creasa um, is not a great defender. Um, he's pretty good offensively, but again, the shooting numbers aren't necessarily there right now, but Ramey, I think covers up for a lot of those liabilities as does Pella Larson. So that's starting five right there. That's a dangerous starting five. When you combined, uh, when you combine, um, when you combine guys like, uh, you know, Kirk Risa, Courtney Ramey, Pella Larson, Ajulis Tabellis, and, uh, Umar Ballo, that's a really good starting five. Then coming off the bench, um, I think that uh, uh, I think that this is going to be a game that is going to be, um, you know, I think this is a team that's going to be able to go eight or nine deep. Cedric Henderson also really, really impressed me. Um, he is. Uh, you watch him, you see what his dad had to say about him, because keep in mind. Uh, Cedric Henderson's dad played in the NBA for quite a while or for about five years. And, and he said, you know, my kid can do a little bit of everything. My kid can play, you know, my kid can, uh, um, my kid can, you know, he can get to the hoop. He can shoot a little bit. He plays really hard and that's an exciting aspect to him. Uh, um, I do wonder at times, you know, where exactly his role could be, but could he be in that death lineup? Could he be in that, uh, could he be in that spot where you say, uh, all right, he's got a real, uh, he's got a real potential here to, you know, be that four man. I think he's got that now at what level, um, at what level, I don't know, but I will say that, uh, um, I will say that I think that this uh, this team is going to be uh, very difficult, and I think he's going to be on the court a lot. I really like what I saw. Then let's get to Adama Ball. Talk about the uh, the elephant in the room right there. Adama Ball going into this season, I think a lot of people are worried about, you know, uh, you know, can he make that jump? What kind of jump is he going to make? And I think that that jump, I think it's pretty clear that jump that he's making. And you watch him out there, and you can see that this is going to be a guy who is, uh, you know, I think can be about a seven or an eight point per game guy. I don't know that he's going to be much more than that, but I also think that uh, I also think that he's going to be a player that um, can possibly average seven, eight points per game because you watch him out there; he's long, he's athletic. He can do again. He's just got a real skill to him that is going to be fat, fun to watch and fun to follow going forward because he can shoot a little bit. He can pull up, and he also showed that he was dangerous getting to the hoop there. And so there's a lot to like right there about what he can do. And I think uh, it's going to be fun. To, it's going to be fun to watch them going forward because again, this is a team that. Uh, um, this is a squad that I think can go some places, but it's going to take some time and they're going to need a deep bench. They're going to need guys who can step in there and who can, you know, essentially, you know, go in there and, uh, make some, uh, make some plays out there. We'll see, you know, we'll see how that happens, but I'm enthused to see exactly what this squad can do right now. Excited to see where uh, where they can go because I think this is going to be a pretty deep unit as well. And when you look at it, 
This is a guy, this is a team that, you know, Tommy Lloyd obviously feels very comfortable with. Tommy Lloyd obviously feels that they, they can uh, they can win a lot of games with this squad. That's kind of your seven right there. Then you look at Henry Vasar. Vasar is also interesting because Vasar, you look at him and he looks like he's about nine feet tall. I mean, he's not that far off from just looking like a giant. He can, uh, you can tell there's a little bit of a next level type uh, uh, feel to him. He's also, though, you can tell that he's kind of not a deer in the headlights because that is a, uh, that's a little bit too strong of a term. But, you know, you can tell that he's, he's take, he's going to take a little bit of time. Whereas Dylan Anderson and Dylan Anderson all of a sudden looks like the player that, uh, you know, I was always um, I was always a big fan of uh, I was always a big fan of where um, of what of Dylan Anderson, what he could do. Um, he could always uh, he could always move. He could always, he always had a little bit of skill to him. He just, you know, I think a lot of people started to downgrade him because uh, of where, uh, you know, of where he is in the grand scheme of things. Um, But if he's there, he should be a player that's going to be able to, uh, he's going to be able to make some moves. But again, overall, this team is going to be really, really good. And I think I'm, I'm I'm excited to see exactly where exactly this, this can lead. Um, Where, uh, where this leads, we'll see. But this is a squad that I think is going to cause some problems for a lot of people. Now, Kylan Boswell, don't really know exactly what to expect out of him, but there certainly is some real potential with him. Again, I just think that he's going to take a little bit of time. And to be honest with you, that's to be expected because he shouldn't, you know, he's coming off a foot injury. And I don't know that you, I don't know that, uh, People should have been really expecting a ton from him this year because, again, he is a – it's going to take him a little bit of time because, again, he's 17 years old. And remember, when you're 17 years old, that's going to take – you know, you're just not quite where you need to be. He's also, on top of this, he's also a player that, you know, is – he's, you know, he's not the most athletic guy in the world. You know, when t- when a guy – a lot of times when these one-and-done type players have come in – with Tommy Lloyd, like, or excuse me, with Sean Miller, you knew immediately what they were, what they were all about. He's again, he's going to take a little bit of time and there's nothing wrong with that, but I think he's more of about a 10, 11 minute per game guy this year, as opposed to maybe that, uh, you know, the player that comes in with those McDonald's all American expectations that so many guys have, or that so many players have. I don't think that that's going to be the case with him. I think he's going to take a little bit of time. Okay. Now, we're gonna uh, we're gonna get into football here coming up next, but a couple things though. First, let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back with you. Thanks for keeping it locked on Wildcats. I'm your host Mike Luke. All right, Arizona football time. Arizona against Utah. All right, now uh, this is generally a, a tough matchup for Arizona because you watch Utah, and this is a uh, this is a team that. They are physical. They get up and down, and you know what? They're going to come right at you. The template is not confusing whatsoever, and generally teams like Arizona have a hard time with Utah. I think this is a tougher matchup for Arizona than SC was, mainly because of the physicality of Utah. 
when you're dealing with teams like Utah, they always have big front line or they always have big front lines. They always have big front courts. They always have guys too that are able to get off the snap and that are able to just a lot of times just kind of push you around. And that's where Arizona, you know, has has had issues. There's, I mean, there's no doubt about it. I expect Utah to be able to run at Arizona. And if Utah can run at Arizona, I don't know that Arizona is going to be able to stop that, which leads you to a very difficult point because if you can't stop the run and you have to score essentially every time down the court, that becomes somewhat of a problem. Now, I watch, I do think that this team can be, how do I put this? I think that this team, I think this team can be good. I think this team can, uh, you know, cause some issues, but Utah, I think right now is on a, Utah right now is on another level and I don't see that one. This to me feels like a 45 to 21 game. Um, Again, very, very happy with where Jed Fish is in the grand scheme of things, but it's also, again, you've got to revamp an entire opposite side of the ball as well. And that ain't going to happen yet. So again, something that uh, everybody needs to keep an eye on. Now, um, one thing though, the under, let's talk about underdog. Underdog is where it's at. Underdog, um, this is the best. It's it's essentially fantasy college football where, you know, going into each game, you could look and you could say, okay, what are Jaden Delora's numbers? And then if Jaden Delora is predicted to throw for 215 yards, you could say, yeah, that's nonsense. I think he's, I think he's going to go way over that. And if you want to get in on that underdog is where it's at again, underdog fantasy app, check it out. Um, all the coolest stuff. Now everybody's used to this being in just essentially a college thing. All right. Excuse me, a pro thing, but that's not the case anymore. Underdog's got you covered in college, all kinds of prop, all kinds of interesting over unders team success. You name it. Underdog's got it. All right. Now check it out again. Underdog. We will be right back with you. You are listening to a, uh, you're listening to Locked on Wildcats podcast. Thanks for keeping it locked on, Wildcats. I'm your host, Mike Luke. All right. So we give you a prediction, about 45-21, something like that. But if Arizona could win this game, that would be an incredibly impressive situation for the Cats going forward because Utah is one of the better teams in the country. They're not elite by any means, but they're very very good team there's you know again there's there's no doubt about that where is um where is where is the uh um this where is this uh team in the big grand scheme of things against the nation's elite we're gonna find out because in two straight weeks they will have played usc which arizona quitted themselves very well against and then they're gonna play utah now Uh, These are both drastically different teams, so you're going to get a little bit of a flavor of each side right there, which is exciting because, again, Arizona is Arizona is kind of at the stage right now where you need to be able to um, play against physical teams, athletic teams, and this should be a spot that they can really test their wares right there and see where everything's at. But um, again, going 45-21, but everything is here now. Arizona basketball is here. Arizona football is here. This is going to be a this is going to be a team um, or this is going to be a fun, fun season. Arizona basketball, I think, is significantly better than a lot of people thought. And so, again, we're going to uh, we're going to continue to treat it as such. But everybody out there, you have a very safe weekend. 
A lot of sports going on. Back the A, Arizona, Utah, uh, this uh, Saturday at 4.30. We will be back with you on Monday. As always, thank you for keeping it locked on Wildcats.